Daniel Barnett here. Enrolment for the 2025 Virtual Employment Law Academy is now open. Go to www.virtualemploymentlawacademy.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. I'm Daniel Barnett. This is episode 18 of Employment Law Matters. And this week, I'm talking about a couple of recent cases on harassment. We all know that Amy harasses Bill if she does something in relation to a protected characteristic, race, sex, disability, etc., which has the purpose or effect of violating Bill's dignity or creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating or offensive environment for him. And if Amy harasses Bill during the course of employment then the employer will be vicariously liable for her conduct unless it can show it took all reasonable steps to prevent it. This week, I'm talking about two recent cases on harassment. Before I do, a very quick shout out and thank you to Hellfriend, who said the following on iTunes. I find Daniel's short and often amusing podcasts are really holding my interest and are a really effective learning tool. Please keep it up. Thank you so much for that, Hellfriend. And if you send your address and real name to podcast at danielbarnett.co.uk, we'll send you a copy of my book on employee investigations, as we do for everybody, or at least one person a week who we select at random from those who put reviews of this podcast on iTunes. So if you'd like to be in with a chance of a copy of the book, search for Employment Law Matters on iTunes and leave a review. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. The first case I want to talk about is called Forbes against LHR Airport. In that case, the employee's colleague, a Miss Stevens, shared a gollywog image on her private Facebook account, together with a message saying, let's see how far he can travel before Facebook takes him off. One of her Facebook friends was another colleague who showed the image to the claimant. The claimant lodged a grievance about Miss Stevens' behaviour. The employer investigated, Miss Stevens apologised, and she was given a final written warning. But when she was later moved to work with the claimant, he went off sick and he lodged a harassment claim. The employment tribunal found that Miss Stevens' actions were not done in the course of employment. She wasn't at work when she posted the image. It wasn't done on a work computer. It was posted in a private group, not including the employee, and she didn't mention any colleagues or her employer. The employment appeal tribunal agreed. Now, they noted that the middle employee, the one who showed the image to the claimant, Uh, his action of showing the employee the image could have been done in the course of employment and that could have amounted to harassment. But the employee's case was based solely on Miss Stevens posting the image, not on the intermediary's actions. The Employment Appeal Tribunal said that sharing an image on Facebook might be in the course of employment where the Facebook page is used mainly for work purposes, but that wasn't the case here. The fact the employer had dealt with the grievance and imposed a written warning didn't necessarily mean the act was done in the course of employment either. Depending on policies, employers often take action for conduct which takes place outside work. 
Now, we know the line between work and home has become much more blurred since the introduction of technology, which allows employees to work online at home. Matters are complicated by social media, where work colleagues are friends online if nowhere else. The EAT was careful not to give general guidance on these sorts of cases, because it said these cases are very dependent on their individual facts. But, as a rule of thumb, the bigger the crossover between work colleagues and social media friends, the more likely it is that online conduct might be dragged into the work sphere and implicate the employer. A comprehensive social media policy is essential, together with examples of inappropriate conduct outside of work. The second case I want to examine is called Page and NHS Trust Development Authority. Now, we know employers are not allowed to discriminate against workers on the grounds of their religion or religious beliefs. In Page and NHS Trust Development Authority, the Employment Appeal Tribunal looked at whether an employee can be fairly dismissed for the way he expresses his beliefs rather than the beliefs themselves. Mr Page was a non-executive director of an NHS trust. He also had a job as a magistrate. In his magistrate's role, he sat on a panel to consider an adoption by a same-sex couple. He said it wasn't normal for children to be adopted by same-sex couples and children should be brought up by a mother and a father. His magistrate colleagues complained Disciplinary action was taken and Mr Page then spoke to the press, saying his views stemmed from his Christian beliefs. The NHS trust that employed him, nothing to do with his magistrate status, the NHS trust that employed him heard about these comments and told him to stop talking to the press. But he continued to do so, including primetime TV interviews. He was removed as a magistrate and he was suspended by the trust with his position then not being renewed due to his behaviour. He brought a discrimination claim against the trust. He lost. He wasn't dismissed, said the Employment Appeal Tribunal, because of his religious beliefs or his expression of them. He was dismissed because he continued speaking to the press despite being asked to stop. He seemed unable to distinguish between his own personal views and what was appropriate for a high profile person to say to the media. A person who spoke out in a similar way, said the Employment Appeal Tribunal, about something unrelated to religious beliefs would have been treated in the same way. The instruction not to talk to the media didn't breach his freedom of religion under Article 9 of the European Convention on Human Rights either. His religion didn't compel him to give interviews and his religion didn't compel him to make those comments. So this case shows a clear non-discriminatory reason for treatment will defeat a discrimination claim. But there does remain a natural tension between religion and sexual orientation that employers have to navigate sensitively and with care. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, or even if you have a question you'd like to discuss with me live on an episode of this podcast, we can record and anonymise a recording of us discussing an employment law issue for you. Do please send an email to me, podcast at Daniel 
barnet.co.uk. And if you want to subscribe, please, please do. These episodes come out every single Tuesday. Next week's episode is on giving notice. And you can subscribe either by searching in your regular podcast program for Employment Law Matters or by going to danielbarnett.co.uk slash podcast and clicking on the link for your podcast service. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and goodbye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.